Hello, and welcome to Project Purpose's YouTube channel. Our community is focused on nourishing intellectual and character development in children. We do that by focusing on fostering autonomy, self-efficacy, compassion, and self-concept in each child. This introduction is a long time coming. Thank you all so much for your patience. And as is the YouTube convention, please do hit that subscribe button like, comment, and share this video. Oh, and yes, don't forget to turn on your post notification button so that you get a note every time we post. Let's get into it. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Rochelle Innocent. I'm the founder and CEO of Project Purpose. I have been building this company steadily over the last two to three years, more intensely this past year, given that I've had the opportunity to really focus my attention because of COVID. So that was one opportunity gained there. I wanna make sure that I really emphasize how thankful I am for your patience. For those of you who are already subscribed to my website, who follow my Facebook page, my Instagram, and my Twitter account, thank you so much for your commitment, for your positive vibes, and you know, for sticking with me. I really appreciate it. It's taken 12 months for me to cultivate the courage to create this video and to put myself on YouTube, um, and I'm so excited to be here. I mean, it is a little bit nerve-wracking to put my face out here on the internet, but I also am so thrilled at having the opportunity to meet with you, to connect with you, to create a space where we can chat, where we can debate and discuss on ideals and different things that sort of center around what, what Project Purpose is trying to cultivate, which is really youth-focused development. In other words, leadership and juvenescence. Project Purpose is a catalyst for change with an unwavering commitment to rebuild family, community, and relationships. And when we talk about relationships, we are referencing relationships with yourself as well as with the people around you. We want to unify people under our bold slogan, support, protect, empower. With support, we encourage, guide, and invest our time and energy to help those within our community achieve their goals, dreams, and aspirations. By PROTECT, we ensure that those within our community are safeguarded from harm, from shame, and also from exploitation. When we say EMPOWER, we mean that we will do all that is within our ability to provide the tools and the resources for those within our community to be able to tap into that potential, which is how they're going to achieve their purpose. Our workshops that we offer are what I consider to be the four fundamentals in cultivating a critical thinking lens and also works towards nourishing that intellectual and character development that children need to navigate, assess, and interact with the world around them. What I'm hoping to accomplish with this video is to give you a deeper sense what we stand for, what we believe in, and what our aspirations are, what we'd like to become at some point. So now's a good time to get cozy. Prepared myself a cup of tea, mint tea to be specific, in my La Vie est Belle mug, which means life is beautiful. I love, you know, to drink tea from mugs that are scripted with anything, to be honest with you. So this is a great moment to pause your video, grab yourself a hot drink, whether you're gonna have a tea with me, coffee, hot chocolate, you know, whatever your, you know, 
your go-to is. Uh, let's have a cup together and make this a cozy chat. See you in a second. Mm. Delicious. Mm. Okay. I'm hoping that sipping between my answers will keep me from rambling because I do ramble every now and again. <laughs> I believe that from within purpose stems passion. Tapping into that passion directs us on the path to fulfillment, joy, and satisfaction. Feelings and states of being that are very personal and individual. We are all on an individual journey in this life and purpose, achieving success, was never meant to be or feel the same for everyone. It's something that is self-defined and not at all dictated by social conventions and norms. Believing that as fundamentally as I do would make me a non-conformist, I would say, you know, I'm probably an enthusiastic anti-conformity human being. I actively enjoy, you know, living breathing life by my own rules and of course you know I I told that line um, that said anyone who has tried to sort of align me to a sort of standard set of expectations has failed and I'm very proud of that so why autonomy self-efficacy compassion and self-concept I thought really deeply about what actually builds into grit, perseverance, and resilience. We always hear those motivational speakers talk about it, how you know you need it to live in this crazy world, how you're born with it or you're born without it. And you know, it's important sometimes to take a step back and, and think about these words that people use that mean strength, um, that mean you know you have you know the the gumto, what is it? What's the word? Um, the gusto, there you go, to like push through obstacles and these hard challenges. But we don't really know the essence of these words, like the substance behind them. Now, having studied cognitive neuroscience, you know, studying the mind, the brain, the associations between the two, the interactions, we start to get a sense of these states of being and, you know, these, these, these cognitive competencies, which is essentially what, you know, grit, resilience, and perseverance are. We take a moment to take, you know, reflect on the philosophy of psychology, so the conversations around why we treat psychology the way we do and why we practice psychology the way we do and why our mental health care sort of infrastructure is built the way it is, we can have real conversations around the assumptions and interpretations of different cognitive competencies, different states of being, and how those conversations are influenced by you know, society, by culture, and by trends. So I chose autonomy. We'll start with autonomy one. Um, and autonomy is really about self-direction. It's about making goals that are tangible and then you act towards achieving those specific goals. You make bold decisions. This inner compass is a tool and I, I think it's a tool that can be taught. It's not something that you're born with or you don't have or you know, it's not like a 
I think nature and nurture play a role in maybe how you start off, but everyone can level set. Everyone get to, can get to the same and a high level of autonomy. And I think it's all about, you know, having access to that training, having access to that learning. The workshops are focused on developing an awareness and an understanding of the power and implications of choice. To then empower your children to align their choices to their goals, both short-term and long-term. Oh, sorry, oh, getting a cramp. Light is falling asleep. <clears throat> Next we have is self-efficacy. So, you know, self-efficacy for me is a tool in self-enablement. You know, when I say self-enablement, for me, having a sense of self-efficacy means having a mindset that recognizes that failures are things you push through. You know, success is a reward that stems from having done the trial and error. You know, immediate success is great, but it's often, you know, not that likely. Most of those who've achieved great success and great accomplishments in their life has, have understood that you know failures are part of the process and you're not defined by your success or your failures, but by your ability to push through the waves of both because life encompasses both success and failures. And self-efficacy is having the toolkit to recognize how you navigate after having failed and also how you manage, you know, self after having experienced the success. It's really also developing this mental frame that recognizes that failure is part of the fun. I mean, it doesn't feel fun at the time, and even I can attest to that, but it's part of the journey. And if you can't embrace failure, then there are very limited journeys that you're going to, you know, feel comfortable <clears throat> pursuing and you know you miss a lot of life's greatest adventures if you do if you live your life trying to avoid failing um we have to embrace failing it's part of life it says nothing of you other than you know you're trying and you're pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone and that's a really good thing if that self-efficacy is is the true foundation of building you know, deep-seated self-confidence, and self-confidence that is sort of unwavering in the face of difficulties. So this, this confidence in self, and also in honoring one's sense of individuality. You know, my failures are not gonna look like your failures, my successes are not gonna look like your successes, and I don't need to compare myself to you to get a sense of my worth. My worth is based on my pursuit um, of whatever greatness looks like for me, and I understand and value the fact that my journey is is unique. It's not something that I would compare with someone else's journey, even if I was given the option to do that. So, self-advocacy in a nutshell, having a strong sense of capability, you know, self-enablement. And then we have compassion. And I love compassion because, you know, as human beings, we like to see ourselves as, you know, this logical cerebral machine. And we are, and you know, that's all well and good, especially, you know, in this era of, you know, artificial intelligence and technology and all of that great stuff. It's, it's good to know 
you know, that there's a computational aspect of, you know, being a human being. But, you know, there's also an emotional side to us. And I think that embracing the fact that the human experience is cerebral and emotional and not genderifying the emotionality of the human experience and allowing everyone, regardless of where they are on that gender spectrum, to tap into the depth of their own personal emotionality is incredibly important. All of its experience emotions, you know, to varying degrees, like depending on where we are on that spectrum, but emotions are generally speaking, you know, common to the human experience. I, I believe and what's sort of the underlying philosophy of the compassion workshop is that we all have the right to give ourselves permission to live as emotionally as we are cerebral and you know not fear judgment or scrutiny from the people around us or fear you know shame because you know we're living our emotional realities out loud myself um, i'm a highly sensitive person um, which is a technical term, actually, if you want to take some time to research that. But being a highly sensitive person and, you know, having a career in the private sector, you know, I did a double major in cognitive neuroscience and institutional communications before doing my master's degree in business administration, which all were very competitive environments and also working in competitive industries and competitive companies. It took me a, a long time to embrace the fact that my value didn't stem from my ability to stifle my emotionality. You know, I thought that, you know, the more that I came across as someone, you know, cold and, and stoic, the more people would take me seriously, especially, you know, I'm not very tall and um, I have a youngish looking face. I mean, don't come for me in the comments. I would like to think that my face is, is young looking. And I felt that, you know, in order to not be undermined by the things that, you know, someone could immediately use as a point of reference not to take me seriously, I had to cultivate this persona that really choked down my emotionality. And being a highly sensitive person, that was a lot of emotion, that was a lot of emotional and mental work. And I'm so happy that I've reached this place where I've embraced my emotionality and I can show up in the spaces that I show up my full self, you know, recognizing that I'll be valued for the intellect that I bring into the room and for, you know, the emotional person that I am and not feeling like I have to dial one or the other down um, in the spaces where, you know, I'm accepted and those are the only spaces I want to find myself in. <laughs> um, I believe that to have compassion is to see things through an emotional lens and I think that contrary to some of you know what's taught in, in our homes and in, in different collective environments sensitivity is a strength you know showing up vulnerable takes a lot of courage you know being there for someone being having you know sensitivity for someone else's experience is also a strength you know and and I, I want to just preface being there for someone without being immersed in their experience. Like you don't need to get pulled into the emotional upheaval to be an anchor for someone, you know? And I think that compassion, real compassion is, is having that sensitivity and the capacity to be an emotional anchor for someone going through something as well as yourself without immersing yourself in that experience. 
Compassion is also knowing that you could never feel what that person is feeling in their skin, experience what that person is experiencing from their perspective, you know, from their vantage point, and still relate to their experience the best that you can, not feeling like you need to sort of adopt their being and their identity to know that what they're going through must be tough and to communicate that and relay that to that person. Compassion really in a nutshell is about having the capacity to emotionally relate to others without losing your sense of self, without experiencing guilt or shame or these negative emotions that are associated with, you know, not having experienced this experience that this person is facing. Compassion is, is a strength, it's from a position of strength. Being compassionate towards someone else doesn't disrupt your sense of self. Uh, so the last one, but definitely not the least, is self-concept. So self-concept is really about embracing self-identity. It's you know, building a frame of self as it relates to, you know, who you are both externally, your features, you know, your characteristics and internally, sort of, you know, the ways of being that, that you bring. You know, having a self-concept encompasses, you know, your thoughts, values, your beliefs, your actions, um, and how you value them internally and not in relation to other people. So having a really strong self-concept isn't about comparison, it's about acceptance and about growth and development in oneself through the lens of, you know, we're all on an individual journey. I believe having a strong self-concept is the true foundation of having, you know, deep-seated self-esteem that isn't built on external factors, so isn't built on, you know, your CV or your accomplishments. It's built on who you know yourself to be as you kind of go through this thing we call life. And I do believe that self-concept is sort of the grain from which perseverance, resilience, and grit are built. Uh, having a strong self sense of self-identity that is unwavering and, and not sort of questioned or, you know, you have a sense of doubt of who you are and how you value yourself in the face of adversity. That is, that is what I would call grit, perseverance, and resilience. You know, adversity is gonna happen to all of us and the best thing that you can do for yourself is having a strong sense of who you are through that, through that adversity to get you through that adversity. And I think that if everyone had a strong sense of self-concept, you know, circumstance might shake you and might upset you, but it won't fundamentally shift the way you view yourself. The way you view yourself will be how you push yourself through those, those moments wrap up the point that I was making on self-concept, I think that having the right set of fundamentals by way of how you see yourself and identify yourself will be what allows you to kind of embrace the journey that we call life and, you know, take it in stride, the good times as well as the bad times. Hopefully, to kind of summarize, the, the question was why autonomy, self-efficacy, compassion, and self-concept so so I guess in a nutshell I think that if we pr provide children with the ability to feel competent to feel capable and able to kind of go through life and to navigate and to iterate and you know to make decisions and learn from those decisions quickly and also give them a sense of how to approach failure how to see failure, overcome challenges and embracing vulnerability 
seeing vulnerability and emotionality as a strength and as a part of who you are fundamentally and not a part that you stifle, a part that you embrace. Um, and recognizing that emotionality and vulnerability in others is also a strength and giving people sort of the room to be vulnerable with you without you feeling uncomfortable. I think all of that together, like having all of those traits together in one human creates an energy that is unstoppable. You know, I feel able, I feel competent, I feel, you know, failures are things that, you know, I have to figure out, like I need to figure out my way through them. They're a challenge that I can overcome and, you know, I embrace all aspects of who I am, like, so, like who I am intellectually, who I am emotionally, and I recognize that all of what I come packaged with, whether that's external or internal and how that evolves, all of that is beautiful. And I think we owe it to our children and to ourselves to focus on, on achieving that state of being, to be able to fully immerse ourselves and enjoy life and all it brings to us. I believe that children deserve and have the right to feel unstoppable. And if you're here and you're still watching my video, I'm hoping that means that you believe that too. So what about me, who I am? Um, so I mentioned before, my name's Rochelle Innocent. I am a Canadian, so I was born in Edmonton, Alberta, and my parents migrated to Southern Ontario, where I spent the majority of my life. I grew up in small towns um, before moving to Toronto, where I spent pretty much, you know, 80% of my adult life, if not more than that. Um, and then I did my master's program. I did an MBA at, you know, I don't know if I should say the name. I mean, I think if you're very curious, you could find out. But I did do an MBA before relocating to France. I was living in France for almost two years, and that was a wonderful experience. I was able to ramp up on my French, and you know, I bring some of that back with me, although this was bought at a Canadian company, but Canada is French and English, so no harm there. Um, and actually, you know, this project in and of itself, it was something that was sort of planted. It was a seed that was planted in me when I was doing my research thesis. So as part of the last year of my cognitive neuroscience degree, I did a research thesis on whether or not ADHD was a social construct. So, you know, I'm going to have another video on, on that. Um, I'm not going to fully get into all of the, you know, elements and factors built into that research thesis, but it was about if whether or not ADHD was a social construct or a neurophysiological or had a neurophysiological effect. And at that point, I was so immersed in all of the literature around, you know, our understanding of, you know, psychology, of mental disorders, how that plays into politics, into social justice, and, you know, how when we frame different psychosocial, you know, issues, some of them are not rooted in, you know, an actual ailment or injury of the brain. Like some of them are just based on cultural norms at that point in time. This past year, narcissism was almost even exempted from the DSM just because it's so widespread, whereas before it was not uh, to the same degree that it is now. And that informs the way we look at, you know, mental health issues, you know, perception, culture, influences the way we view behavior and if whether or not we categorize that behavior as other and I think that that's important and I think it's important that everyone recognizes that that there's a nuance you know it's it's a soft science psychology is not a black and white science when it comes to you know mental health and I think 
we need to have more people who create platforms that share that. And I, I'd love to invite you to read my research thesis. I, I won't be making videos you know, that cover that topic moving forward, but please do read it. Um, but it planted the seed and, and all of my career was, was focused on how I can impact people. You know, People are my passion. I'm curious about people. I want to know why they do the things they do. I want to understand you know, the underlying motivations, beliefs and desires that each person has. And I'm, I'm so sort of enthralled by the degrees of separation that exist between one human person and mine and how our experiences can completely shift the way we see the world around us. And I think having also the capacity to influence that and to like shift those degrees of separation is super interesting like it's just a cool thing to be able to do and we have so much research on how it's been done well and how it was done poorly and i think you know we need to we need to recognize there's history behind psychology and that history needs to play into the way that we see it and we see the practitioners in it and we need to develop a critical thinking lens with the, the practices in psychology that are happening today, especially in relation to our children and the way that you know, interventions are subscribed are prescribed to our children and interventions are sort of offered to our children. And I don't think we should ever be blind to expert opinions. I think all of us need to have a voice. And if we don't know enough to have a voice, like learn. I mean, there's so many different opportunities and mediums to be informed so that you're not just listening you know it's important to engage with the information being present presented in front of you which is the critical thinking lens that I'm, ha I'm happy and hoping to build um so yeah so i guess that was a little bit rambly i mean the tea is supposed to help me with that um so yeah like my career has you know i've, I've worked in different industries it's definitely not a conventional you know career um, neither are my degrees, actually, cognitive neuroscience and institutional communications. Uh, definitely transition, I think those are what we call uh, transitional skills, so they kind of helped me regardless of where I landed. Um, I worked in HR for a long period of time, and before, you know, I was more specifically focused in training and development. Um, and then I moved into consulting, um, and with COVID and everything that's happened, it's really been an opportunity for me to focus on project purpose. Um, which is an idea that I was able to finally put to paper uh, during my MBA. I was in a leadership lab and we had a leadership challenge and I thought, well, you know what, why not try to build a frame for this um, project, see how I could start to build the foundations of it. And so I tried to do that and this is where we are. I had the website for the last year, I've been writing blogs on my opinions and it feels good to like be able to put my opinions out there and to share them with you. Um, some things that you can anticipate because my original idea was like I'd have this forum and I'd have an opportunity to build a local community and like we'd meet and I would do the parent talk workshops and have, you know, some snacks, some kombucha tea and some, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free snacks on the side. And it's become a bigger thing than that. It's become global. I have people from all over the world on my website and subscribe. Thank you so much. I see you and I'm so happy that you're here. Um, so I'm actually going to be recording all the webinars. So that's something that I want you to look out for. I'll be doing these videos frequently. I don't, I'm not sure how frequently. I think I'm gonna start with hopefully two a week. Let's see how the, the, the editing goes with this video. Um, but my promise to you is that you will have all the modules available to you um, for all the age groups, four to eight, nine to 13, 14 through to 17 by January 2021. So while I'm building these videos, I'll still be actively, you know, updating my blogs. 
Um, I might take a little break over the Christmas holidays. We'll see how that goes. But starting January 2021, you're not going to be sort of tethered to my schedule. It's not going to be just a Saturday workshop. It's going to be something that you can do at your leisure and we can still build community. So make sure if, if you're on my website, you subscribe, you join our members area because that's where we'll be doing the, the daily exercises. Um, so the way the workshops work, I should probably mention that is with each of the workshops, it's going to be nine hours of content. So that's actual course and learning content, um, which now I guess is a relative depending on how quickly you do it with, with your child or children but then they're going to be daily exercises so daily exercises to reinforce that workshop time or sort of like the conceptual aspect of that workshop which is designed to feel like play for the younger children um, and then the reinforcement takes place um, so it's going to be broken down into three hours um, per Saturday that was sort of the original intent and I'd love for you to keep that cadence because this needs time you know a shift in behavior doesn't happen overnight so it's important we take the time sort of recommended to be able to maximize the benefits of it um, so three hours the first saturday daily exercises throughout that week three hours subsequent saturday etc and then the last saturday and then after that 21 day period there should be a shift in, in, in their behavior. And I'm hoping that, you know, it gives you an opportunity to have quality time, focused time, build bonds with your family members, build bonds with your children, and definitely interact with us because some of, you know, the, the games are fun, we build community, and it gives you an opportunity to like show us your growth. And I'd love to see your growth. I'd love to see, you know, how fun the activities that I've built are, and you know, if whether or not your children are sort of buying into it and like what things you'd like to change for the next one because you know as much as I'm going to put these out there I'm hoping to keep building and to keep evolving them and to keep making them better so that's something I want you to look out for I think I've talked for a while and you know my tea is cold so maybe this is an opportunity for me to sign off. If you've made it this far, please do hit that like button, definitely subscribe, share this video, share the message. Like I want everyone to know about Project Purpose and what we're trying to do, what we're trying to accomplish. Check out our blog if you wanna get a better sense of our philosophy. I'll leave all the details and all the social media in the description below and see you next time, see you soon. <laughs>